the notion of social live stream selling yeah is huge. been huge this year started in asia last year 2020 blown up in america this year for a lot of brands i call this the qvc effect this isn't like a new trend but back to that first party data yep. you know getting that first party relationship and what better way to do that than if you're building the community they're naturally going to hand that data over to you exactly you know? it feels more organic the funny thing is uh if you get into like a uh a, a 15 or 14 year old bmw they have the voice button on the steering wheel. Oh, yeah. Like 19 or 2004. You're listening to the Radcast. If it's radical, we cover it. Here's your host, Ryan Alford. Hey, guys, what's up? Welcome to a special edition of the Radcast. The 2022 Marketing Trends Edition. I'm joined by Ray Harvey. Our director of digital media. What's up, brother? How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. You know, just getting ready for the new year. So. I know. I'm glad to have you on the show finally. Yeah, finally. I know. What, you don't like me or something? Crushing like, it. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, I, like I've been, t- I've been inviting. You don't even say that. True. You I'm have. Going, you have. Hey, you got to come on. We got to do it. Damn job gets in the way right. sometimes. I mean, being busy. It's a crazy <laughs> thing. I know. So uh, I'm excited. You know, we do this. We've been doing this. It's our third or fourth edition. Uh, obviously, the audience has grown and changed. Um, thanking all the audience out there. I just saw our numbers today. We're officially top 90 on Apple nice. Business Marketing Podcasts. And uh, we remain in the top 30 on Spotify. Love that. I know. So we appreciate all the loyal listeners. We hope we uh, give you both some entertainment and some education here on yeah. our 2022 trends. You know, before we jump in... Um, I'm just completely put you on the spot, Ray. And I, you know, but uh, no, I mean, what do you think of 2021 overall? I don't want to talk too much. I want to, I want to forward think most of it, but like, are there anything that's like, you know, has been like real surprising for you this year from just a, a marketing and digital perspective? Yeah, I think from the digital perspective, at least, it was definitely a year of an eruption with the iOS update and having to learn how to navigate that. Um, and I would say also chaos, but chaos in a good way with the NFTs and this whole metaverse talk and what does that look like and just trying to figure it out. So it definitely feels like a year of, of figuring things out again and just constantly learning and constantly. Yeah, moving. it's like all that buzz around cookies going away. And I don't know that we've, you know, because Google extended things, I don't know that right. we've completely felt that. But we definitely felt it within, you know, buying ads for our clients on yep. the iOS 14 stuff. And, you know, the impact that's had with targeting, because it has definitely shook up, especially Facebook ads, yeah. particularly it's you've had to um, I don't want to say definitely there's been a component with Facebook that you got to know what you're doing within the ads manager and all that. That's never been not true, but it was definitely a little easier right. <laughs> a couple of years ago that I think I think everybody made their money. Uh, everyone earned their paychecks, yeah. yourself included kind of navigating through that absolutely i mean it was just from the whole the, and we all knew it was coming the whole privacy stuff and we were all getting prepared for it and then it just kind of hit like a wall yep. especially on facebook like you said google is, is kind of prolonging things but even still i think when that happens it's going to be a process of relearning again and it's always constantly learning but just figuring it out i know and then the nfts i think that's another one it's like <laughs> the wild wild west of crypto and blockchain and all that and it's like 
You know, I'm going to talk a little bit about that when we get into 2022. I'm, as much as I think of myself, our name, our agency name is Radical. I think of myself as progressive, mm -hmm. but I'm a practical person when it comes to marketing and right. like the implications because I like, I'm kind of an action guy. And I, other than buying some personal NFTs for investment or some crypto for investment, there's not action that I can take either right. for one of my own brands or the clients that we serve. Right. You know, I can't, I can't act upon NFTs. I mean, you, you could for bigger brands that have deeper pockets, but right. for the medium sized companies that we help every day and, the, and especially in B2B, which is a lot of our clients, you know, I, I would get laughed out of the room trying to uh, certainly they want to know about it. They right. don't want to be behind. Right. But there's not an action I can take that will lead to business or brand awareness for them today. Absolutely. You know, yeah. <laughs> and so it's kind of like you don't want to be behind. I think I think you've got a little bit of the FOMO right going on right now or, or fear of being left behind. Yeah. But there's not like practical stuff that can be done for brands of all sizes. Right. Right. Know? And I think you hit on it. I think. Being progressive is one thing, but you still have to have a strategy that makes sense. Yep. Um, and like you said, first medium sizes, the NFT <laughs> world doesn't make sense yet. I think it yep. will one day, but yes, I agree. And it'll be interesting where it all plays out. And if for some reason my kids are right and it all ends up on Roblox, then damn it. I mean, who knows <laughs> what metaverse will win. Right, right. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, let, let's kick off 2022 talk here. And really, you know. You do it. We joked before the the episodes, you know, about keywords and things like that. And invariably, this will be titled "2022 Marketing Trends." But it's really, again, back to that practical. Mm -hmm. It's like the here and the now, and and we're in December now, so thus we are into 2022 planning and right. all that. So it's certainly for the foreseeable future for you know where marketing technology messaging and just overall opportunities for brands uh, and people that are listening to kind of get ahead. Um, you know, I'll let you kick it off. Like, is there a, a, a first and foremost thing that you're seeing, you know, is either expanding or starting in 2022? Yeah, I think, and this isn't going to be super surprising, but I think we're moving towards a Reels and a TikTok video world. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the big players in the game, Facebook, they've all said it, they've all come out and said it to our face. So it's like, how much clearer they can they get? <laughs> that's where yes. we're heading. That's where they're going to start. I mean, promoting that's, they're going to put some boosting behind it. They won't say that, but they'll yeah. definitely change the algorithm I mean, to, it is. And I, you know, I titled this, we, you and I were on the same page. We both kind of started there with, with our trends when we were kind of pre-planning, I call it ADD America, um, because with the it's both the functionality of the apps right the swiping fast nature of of the ui mm -hmm. combined with our fleeting attention span and it's whether you physically are on adderall or not or right. whatever uh it's still we're all a bit add yep. you know our our interest in trends is fleeting our interest in the videos is like get to the point jack you know and I think to your point, be it TikTok, Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, uh, even LinkedIn is coming out with short form video, which we'll get right. to. You know, you're seeing. Um, I I, I kind of made this statement that short form is getting bigger and long form is getting quicker because I don't think that long form is going. I think long form will have its day. Yep. 
But I think what you're going to see is the proliferation of the video experience and content taking on. It might be a three-minute or two-minute video, but it's still going to move quicker. Right. I right. think you're going to see you know, some of that stuff that, you know, 15-second TikTok video that's boom, 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 like frenetic. I think you're going to see some of that in the longer form video, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think on TikTok specifically, I think the lifespan for trends, it's already super short. If you know about a trend, you're already behind, but I think it's going to get shorter. Yeah. And I think TikTok videos are going to become more entertaining in the fact that they're going to be entertaining with a purpose. Yep. Um, And so I definitely see that. I mean, it's not going to be just an app for Gen Z anymore. Everybody's going to start to get on TikTok. The question's now becoming, have you seen this TikTok rather than... Are you on TikTok? So. <laughs> That's right. Because that kind of was the question, especially the beginning of this year is, right. are you on TikTok? Right. Is TikTok growing? TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. Now it's like, but have you seen this? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's a good right. way to put it. Um, and and you use the buzzword there, which for me is, you know, I, this is my soapbox. I talk about it all the time. On social media, you're educating, you're entertaining. Right. And if you're doing both, you're really winning. But entertainment, it, you entertain or die yep. in today's world because in this world where the smartphones, the television, any ad-like contact content is an interruption Absolutely. to my entertainment. Yep. So you've got to play that entertainment or edutainment right. <laughs> uh, game or you're getting swiped faster than, uh, you know, you can right. take a breath. And it's funny, too, because I do think that's where TikTok has their work cut out for them in 2022 is with the ad game. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about it, how ads on TikTok just piss people off right now because they just want to swipe. Yes. So figuring out what that looks like in 2022 is going to be TikTok's challenge. I'm sure they're already ahead of the game and just haven't said anything, but I think I think you nailed it. I think the, you know, some of the shopping integration, yep. I think for them is going to Huge. be really big, mm-hmm. you know, like cuz that's going to help maybe. But I do think brand placement, yeah. You know, within the natural form it's going to play a more branding medium, perhaps. Right. You know, I mean, I think once they get the Shopify linkage and the and the shopping, no matter what your e-commerce platform is, once they get you know products like loading your product catalog into right. it and all that, once they figure all that out, certainly it starts to make sense. But I think you're kind of chipping away at the brand a bit for now. Right. If you can kind of get with the right influencers and stuff like that and kind of get product placement or product mention. Yeah, 100 percent. I think that's the name of the game right now for sure. Um, cool. Well, I'm going to go to my kind of, you know, first or or along the same thing. I think we've seen this, we have some clients that are just blowing up in this, but the notion of social live stream selling is been huge this year, started in Asia last year, 2020 blown up in America this year for a lot of brands. I call this the QVC effect right? <laughs> for all the uh, middle-aged uh, women out there that, that do it. But it's blown up this year. And I think, you know, for a lot of reasons, it's, you know, the, the one thing that I think QVC always do, did well, obviously they had the live component, um, but they built a sense of community, right? You know, yeah. it was like you could, they got to know the host. They got to know the, they you know, the brand of QVC and the brand of the products, because a lot of times they'd, sh- they'd be sharing products and it'd be the, whoever the founder was right. on stage with the personalities. And so you're seeing a lot of that um, with the brands that are doing well this year with live selling, you know, they sell out of stuff. There's that scarcity mm-hmm. effect plus promotion plus community. 
I think really has become the secret sauce. And I think I'm calling it kind of live stream shopping 2.0 because I think what you're going to see is you're going to see that community engagement get even more involved where they're doing a live shopping session and they bring a customer into the live right that might have already bought it it might do a live review right there oh i've already got this necklace look how beautiful it is and like wow it's a person it's so personalized or interaction with the with the host or brand personality i think you're going to see that community engagement kind of come to life more and even some level i think customer service, live customer service might start to hit off of kind of that same notion. I think you're going to see like just this whole community development kind of take it to another level. Yeah. The one thing I love about just the live social selling is it's scalable too. I mean, your yeah. mom and pop store can do it all the way up to the, the big brands, the million billion dollar brands, they can all do it. And so it really just comes down to the strategy of, Hey, is this a live social selling where you have to come into the furniture store to get 10% off today? Or is it a, I don't know, X, Y, or Z for the big brands. But I think that to me is the, and that's with all social media, right? That's why it's taken off is it's. My recommendation, you nailed it, is the scalability of this is both e-commerce and if you have brick and mortar. Because if I was brick and mortar, I would literally have a 10 by 10 section studio cornered off in my building or in my back room, and I'd have live selling going on three times a week. Absolutely. And, you know, products, whether it's furniture, whether it's jewelry, whether it's T-shirts, jeans, whatever it is, I would have a live studio section going on within my brick and mortar. And then if you're e-com, wherever your office is or whatever, same thing. Mm -hmm. Live studio, that's how most of them are doing it. But this is not just an e-commerce game. Not at all. It's brick and mortar, huge opportunity. It's another distribution channel. Right. I think it's, I mean, it's B2C, obviously, but it's also B2B. I mean, if I think of, I mean, Ultra Fabrics, our client, it's a, look at how this fabric feels, how it can look up against this color. Things you can do now with an image, but it takes it that one step further and connecting with the human emotion to say, Hey, this feels a certain way, or this would look great in this concept. There's a difference. I kind of compare it to talking over email and talking face to face. Yep. Like we can still get the message across, but there's something different about talking face to face. Absolutely. Yep. And I think you know, with the B2B, I think it does cross the gamut of personalization and what even with influence or just some mm-hmm. things bringing them in there's just so many ways to bring it in it doesn't your live selling or promotion or sharing doesn't have to take place within your physical building right you can bring in influencers or whatever do multi-person lives different things it's just really that again back to that word community yeah. the community opportunity and the realness of that organic interaction right and yeah. i think that's the i mean you'll hear me say it a thousand times over. That's kind of the common thread that will always stay the same. All social media, all tactics go back to the storytelling, go back to the connectivity of the people using it. Um, It's kind of funny that we as humans use a digital platform to connect, but that's the world we're in. (laughs) It is. um, And I think that's, that's where we're going to keep, we're going to keep going to even with all the talk of the metaverse and all that kind of stuff. And what does connectivity look like there? Who knows? But at this point, that's, that's the goal. Yep, 100%. So live social selling, live stream selling, whatever you want to call it, 2.0, 2.0.
It's coming in 2022. What else is on your list, my friend? Yeah, I think one of the things that, that'll be interesting to see, and we, we've already seen a little bit of this, but and it goes back to the community building aspect with live social selling and everything else, but the Facebook, the Instagrams of the world going to have just constant Facebook lives or niche audio groups, which is still trying to find its footing, but I think it's going to stick in Facebook groups as a whole. I think if, if we can start looking at Facebook and Instagram as niche platforms and start saying, Hey, here's a Facebook group for the furniture lovers of the world or the digital marketers of the world, stuff that we already do, but it's going to become more of a forethought. It's going to become more of a, in your face, this is a specialized group and it works with live social selling because if you're in this group, you can get 20% off when we go live at 8 PM tonight. Um, and it kind of captivates that audience even more rather than just having the giant Facebook audience. 100%. This is like niche marketing 101. This is how do you aggregate your super fans right, exactly. as a brand? Exactly. And how do you create connection so that you have that interpop, you know, kind of polarity of like coming together so that they share ideas, share stuff. So how do you aggregate your super fans and create community for them, which then, you know, ladders up to so many other opportunities, you know, you right. learn from them, you sell to them, they learn and share with each other. And so that, right. that kind of community aspect is, you know, again, right at the center of it. Right. And I think Twitter too, I mean, I don't want to leave them out there. I know we're talking about Facebook a lot, but I think one of Jack's last great ideas was the, um, super follower and the paying per month on Twitter and, and being able to captivate that audience even more, like you're saying, yep. aggregate the audience, because that to me, if you can talk directly to a person, again, it goes back to connectivity. You're not talking to the masses anymore. You're kind of personalizing it to people, you know, that's going to respond. So. That's right. And it kind of all plays into, this isn't like a new trend, but back to that first party data, yep. you know, getting that first party relationship and what better way to do that than, if you're building the community, they're naturally going to hand that data over to you. Exactly. You know? It feels more organic. Leading into the next one, um, I think we're going to see, this has already kind of been proliferation, but I think, you know, email marketing is, this is not some prognostication that email marketing's dying. I still am a huge fan of email marketing. Right. Uh, but I do think that we're on the cusp of like true share going away from email marketing. Mm -hmm in this social messaging SMS realm yep. because, you know, SMS proliferation has grown tremendously. There's becoming more acceptability. It, it might be annoying. I know people get annoyed. I'm, I get annoyed sometimes, especially, yeah, if, I don't opt, especially if I opt, don't opt in. Yeah. I really get annoyed uh, with, you know, SMS marketing, but you're seeing more and more of that. But whether it's WhatsApp, whether it's Facebook messenger, IG messenger, Instagram messenger, mm -hmm. TikTok. LinkedIn, I think you're going to see marketing uh, proliferate even more within yeah. those messaging channels um, and start to chip away at just pure email. Not that email is going to go away, but, you know, I just think there's some fatigue yep. that's taking place with email marketing. Um, yes, there's fatigue with the other ones, but I think there's a little bit of acceptability because they're new uh, and they're, you know, more organic and maybe, I don't know, back to that community aspect of where you are, what you're doing. Right. But versus kind of interrupting just, well, this is my personal email box. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, and we've seen it with our clients, email has to start to become more informative and more valuable content rather than just here's a product. Yep. Um, people never want to be sold to. That's always been the case. That's not a new trend and they still don't want to be sold to. 
Exactly. Um, they want valuable information, which is why the community aspect is, is starting to grow up a little bit. Absolutely. And I think you're, but the one thing that you are seeing is, you know, we do this for some of our clients. You can do mass DM campaigns and different yep. things like that at scale. Um, and because of, and I think, you know, Instagram at least does this well. Some of the others are starting to do it better. It's kind of the separation of your inboxes, the channels that they go in. And Gmail does this pretty good. But so that not everything goes into like your primary box, you can kind of, so, so, you know, stiff. I get a lot of DMs anyway, you right. know, on my channels. But they at least go to the different inboxes so that I can kind of go, okay, I know that's probably promotional or whatever. But I do look at them. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I get probably 100 DMs a day. And I look at almost everyone eventually, right? You know, so it gets my it gets an impression on me one way or the other, and I sift through the stuff that's of interest and that's not. But I've bought products that I've gotten Instagram DMs on. Right. I've definitely followed some people. I was like, you know, went down the rabbit hole and yeah, gone, okay, absolutely, it's pretty interesting. So I think you're going to see, and you've got automation tools that have come out. Um, I'll give a props to uh, one of the companies we've had on the. Uh, podcast larry came on who's the uh, ceo of mobile monkey which does uh, automated uh, instagram messaging pretty slick and so you're seeing some proliferation of different tools within these channels and i think you're going to start to see it maybe chip away at you know just naturally going okay we're going to email them you know okay maybe there's another channel right and i think it just becomes a holistic point of view so why are you emailing them what are you emailing them about and then can you also turn in some sms marketing with that or some dms that way it's not just a, here's an email at 5 p.m. because this program says it's the best time. You actually look at that person as a human and say, what if I were them, what would I want to see? What would I want to yep. hear? And just everyday life, like if I'm driving and I get a text message, I'm probably not going to look at it. <laughs> but if I get Hopefully an email <laughs> from that same company later that night, I'm probably going to see it. Yes. And so it's, it relies more on multiple tactics rather than putting all the weight just on email marketing. That's so. right. And they do say, I mean, like, especially SMS, like I, the open rate's like 80%. Right. You know, right. <laughs> that's probably going to go down over time as we, uh, as us marketers start to uh, junk up everybody's inbox. Right. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but it is like astounding. I uh, email open rates, like, you know, you're great if it's like five or 6%. Yeah. And, uh, now, uh, SMS is, uh, clouding it, but, but look, it's all about relevant message, right person, right message. Absolutely. If you're relevant, Always. they've opted in, they've already done business with you, or you know they're a relevant super fan or consumer, then they're not going to be annoyed. You right. know, like even if they delete it, it's not the right moment for them. You know, that repetition of message, if they've opted in and they're ready for that message, you know, you want to be able to get to them where and when you need to. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, anything else on your list? You know, I think for me, it, one of the things that we kind of talked about earlier, but is Facebook ads. I think the chaos of 2020, 2021 is going to slow down a little bit. I do believe that Facebook ads will become not more effective, but will calm down, so to speak. Yeah. So we won't have to worry about the iOS updates. We'll have figured out the pixel. We'll figure out the cookie idea. Um, I think across the board, I don't think that's just with Facebook, but sooner or later, a, an alternative, <clears throat> an alternative is going to have to come up. So, um, that's one of the things that, that I'm looking forward to the most is not having to ride the tsunami of all the changes, kind of going back to the early days of, hey, this is Facebook ads. <laughs> and obviously that doesn't mean they're not going to change. I do think that there'll be different um, ad types that they'll roll out next year. 
I think one buzzword that everybody's talking about right now is the metaverse. Yep. Um, I, I disagree or agree. Don't think that's going to be a big thing in 2022. Um, I think 2022 is going to be a preparation year for metaverse. So all the big brands, I mean, a lot of them are already jumping on ship for that, but I think the big brands of the world is going to drive the metaverse, not necessarily the schmedium clients. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I think you're hundred percent right. I think, I think it's one of those that, you know, brands that we work with and brands that we talk to. And if you're listening to this podcast and you, you're not with Pepsi or Pizza Hut or, you know, <laughs> insert larger brand here. I, it's not that you should, you, you should pay attention. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about it. I'm yep. going to talk about it on the podcast. I'm going to have people on, you know, thought leadership on, on the podcast. So you, you'll hear it here first, but there's not a real like action step today, right. you know, for what you need to do, because a lot of this is going to play out because, you don't know the, who's going to kind of be the lead metaverse. Right. Yeah, at some point, because it's blockchain, they should all connect. Connect, yep. But we don't even have the major players worked out. Yeah, we know Facebook's going to be involved, but is it through Oculus Rift and, and VR and right. AR and all that? The answer is probably yes, but what's the, what's the true universe that right. we're talking about here? Is it going to be a gaming platform like Roblox? Is it going to be insert uh crypto here that's tied to some type of metaverse that right. they're selling land on you yeah. know yeah. Uh, again i i would pay attention more from an investment and uh interest standpoint uh than necessarily where can i spend marketing dollars right. uh today and right. you know and again you or no one wants to get left behind but i think 2022 is going to start to paint the picture for where all this goes and i'm not even sure it's going to be, I think this is like the next five year thing, right? You know, like figuring out where, you know, the true landing spot is for a lot of this stuff. It reminds me a lot of on a smaller scale of the whole voice phenomenon and how everybody was saying for years, oh, get ready for voice, get ready for voice, get ready for voice. And I feel like, I don't feel like voice is dead by any means, but I definitely don't feel like we have it understood or as used as much as it was expected. Yes. So. That's that's similar what I feel about Metaverse right now. Again, I think once they figure it out, I think once everybody jumps on board, will it be great? Absolutely. You know, voice it's so funny you bring up voice voice search has been on everyone's marketing trends list for the last ten years. Right. And uh someone I'm sure has it on their their trend list for this year. Right. And it's like eventually someone will be right. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you at this point with my smart we have two. We have an Alexa and and Google, but both of them are only used to listen to Blippy or whatever my daughters want to listen to. <laughs> yeah. That's really all it's for us, know. at least. I mean, I'm mine sure is Alexa set timer for 10 minutes for the cookies the kids are eating. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I think they're valuable. I think they will be valuable more so in the future. But once we figure out all of it connects and works, going back to the connectivity. The funny thing is, uh, if you get into like a, uh, a, a 15 or 14 year old BMW, they have the voice button on the steering wheel. Oh, yeah. From like 19 or 2004. Yep. The voice button's there. Yeah. Now, it sucks ass, but like, right. It was there. To, it, we were talking about voice. For and forever. it wasn't internet connected. I get all that. Someone's going to DM me invariably and go, well, you know, it wasn't internet connected. Right. You know, shit, Sherlock. But Just like, send it to me. I'll take care of it. <laughs> like, but like, yeah, but it's like, we were talking voice for 20 years. Right. It's like, and then now it is all internet connected. And, Yes, I do some things with the voice, but I'm not voice searching internet right at all. Right, and I feel like I am on 
I, I may not be on the cu- compared to my friends. I'm on the cutting edge, you know, right. like, so it's like, I don't know. I can tell you in the past week, I've used it three times. Once to listen to songs for my daughters twice for a timer. Yeah. And the third time is to say, Hey Siri, who is this? Or what yeah. is this song? Yeah. And that's uh, it. So yeah. Again, but you haven't gone, Hey Siri, internet lookup, uh, how to play Monopoly or right. whatever, you know, right. like whatever we Google. Or it's going to be day. some like random Google search, like how many miles is the sun away from whatever planet I want to look at. And they've been talking about like, like I don't go, hey, Amazon, order five mm. rolls of toilet paper. No. They've been saying that's going to happen too. Right. No, I'm not doing that. Not doing that either. Not yet. Right. I mean, it will I maybe and look back, but again. Who knows? We might use it for the metaverse and be like, <laughs> yeah. order four, five rolls of toilet paper for my... $650,000 yacht that I just bought yeah. on the metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. I, my head just was to a, to a dark place. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and figuratively of uh, the metaverse. What yeah. all we do there? Well, Joe and I joked about uh, getting catfish in the dating metaverse. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> how, how will you know? You'll never how know. You'll never know. Because uh, the it's future's all, ahead of us. So all make believe anyway. Right. Right. Uh, cool. Well, I do have a, a couple more. The, the, I do think LinkedIn's taking shape um mm-hmm. as a platform that's beyond job seekers job hunters and people looking for jobs i mean that's been happening the last few years with content but creator mode has long la- has come out um you've got live events you've got short form video supposedly launching any day you've got video im back to video messaging i do think it's rounding into a broader platform um yep. for content mm-hmm. for influencers mm-hmm. um for i don't know a hub of a lot more than just selling in jobs yep it's and becoming a, a platform of valuable information yes and and it's funny we were actually talking about this before starting recording and one of our um our creative director he said you know nobody has subscriptions to ad week or ad age like the physical copies and our other creative director said because i see all of that on linkedin like i get all of that information <laughs> on linkedin um, and I think that's at least for for my age, we did use it for jobs, and now it's become more, more curated, right? Curated content feed yep. that we can look up whatever we want to look up, and it's professional, it's business minded, so it's not the wild wild west like TikTok, but also it's valuable. So that's right, and so I think you're going to see it's going to be interesting, um, you know, with virtual events and stuff like that you know, with live events yeah, um, on LinkedIn, it's going to be big. Yep. And I think, you know, as much as, you know, I didn't even want to, I was trying not to say the word COVID on this, but, <laughs> but like, you know, our news cycle just scares the shit out of us, I guess. So with, again, not seemingly never going away, um, I, you know, I think we're going to be in a hybrid world again in yep. 22 with events uh, because until, I think it's completely out of the news. Even if we just learn to live with it on some level, uh, I thought I just don't think we're going to have every single trade show that we had in 2019. Right. You know. No, I agree with that 100. percent And I think that's just a smart strategy to take, COVID or not. I agree. You have to become a hybrid. You can't rely on your brick and mortar store or your physical trade show because that's just not the world we're living in anymore. It's not even efficient. Right. I mean, you know, it's just unnecessary. Right. From a cost standpoint. I still believe in that human interaction, yep. but not for everything. Right. And you shouldn't just because you did have five physical trade shows in 2019 pre-COVID. I don't know that that genie needs to go back in the bottle. Mm-hmm. I think you could be more efficient with the hybrid approach. You might have you know two 
especially once if COVID finally settles down completely or whatever that looks like, you know, two in person and three virtual, but they're all hybrid. You have right. both experiences. Right. So you can draw a broader crowd. Yep. And I would be at those two in-person ones, I would be collecting and people already are first person data left and right. Yep. That would be kind of my goal for that is to, and then use the hybrids as, hey, here's my captivated audience. And the great thing about hybrid is you naturally collect the audience because right. people have to opt in. You get right. email addresses no matter what. Yep. You still have to physically get that once you get to the trade show. 100%. Which is kind of the hardest part sometimes, no matter how many uh, Frisbees you give away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last thing um, on my list is, you know, what I'm calling back to the past is, you know, I get on this soapbox a lot. It's kind of like one of those things. I'm a long-term guy in a short-term world, and, you know, I believe in playing the long game yeah. uh, as it relates to brand and other things like that. Um but I think also the world that we live in and the nature of where, you know, we talked about with the ad targeting not being like, again, five years ago, you could, I mean, with the data, lack of data privacy and everything else, Facebook ads was easy. Right. I mean, like, it was like, you know, right. ROA was like a snap of a fingers. If you, if you had a decent product, I'm not yeah. saying if you had trash or something, but like, Compared to what it is now. Right. And so in a world where data privacy is more secure, it's a little harder to get to the absolute bottom of the funnel of everyone. And even that's that universe is smaller than it needs to be. Right. You've got to play the brand game mm -hmm. where you've got to raise awareness and have a drumbeat of getting people to know and understand your brand. Yep. Because if you're not known and you aren't, people buy familiarity. This is That's why right. you have reach and frequency in media. You have to have reach, which is the size of the audience that you get to, the number of people mm -hmm. that you hit, and frequency, the amount of messages that you hit. And you've got to have that drumbeat happening more important now than ever, especially with the just every other day 20 hundred e-commerce businesses popping up right i mean you have to have some type of brand presence and familiarity because you can't just go to the bottom of the funnel mm -mm. if you have no awareness unless you're selling truly a differentiated one of one product right but if you're selling a t-shirt or a necklace or uh a fabric or whatever, and there's a lot of other category players, you've got to stand out with your brand and, and have built some type of drumbeat familiarity and awareness in either your purpose or your perspective or whatever your brand stands for. There's right. got to be some familiarity there. And I think there's, it's just vitally important and gets lost in the sauce today. Right. Yeah. I think one example of that for me personally is liquid IV. I, saw it in Costco, um, went home, researched it, and then saw an ad for it on Facebook and finally bought it. But between those three, I would say it took probably about a month. Um, and so clearly they're geotargeting Costco's or something because <laughs> I got an ad for it after going, well, either way, weeds, um, <laughs> ADD. I do have ADD by the way. Um, but I think that's, I think you're 100% right. I think it is a brand building. It is a storytelling People are people that want to, we're skeptical by nature. Yep. So if I see an ad of something that I've never heard of or never researched or never did anything, I'm not clicking on it. And I'm sure as hell not buying it. 
Like, let me figure out on my own what you are, who you are, and then show me your product. Yeah. It's an average of seven to 10 impressions right. before you consider buying. Right. Not necessarily before you buy. Right. And so one ad at one moment doesn't make a sale. Right. And, you know, we work with clients, and that's hard to get across them. And, you know, we know we're in it for they're in it to sell stuff. We right. get it. But you don't just turn that motor on. Mm-hmm. You've got to build. And I still believe, even though I think you might title parts of the funnel differently, it's still just true. Yep. You know, there's still some level of awareness that you have to build right. that builds towards intent, ultimately to consideration and then purchase. Right. And you don't just go to purchase unless you got them at the zero moment of truth. Right. I needed that pack of gum yeah. and I'm at the, I'm at the, I'm at the checkout line and I'm like, damn, I've been going to these meetings. And I've been wondering about my breath stinking and right. I've got that pack of gum. Right. Like it is that exact zero moment of truth. Right. Or, you know, I've been really wanting a new Clemson t-shirt to support my fandom and damn it, they got me right there right. on the Clemson Forums website. Okay, right. you know, that happens. But you it's probably not- don't want that T-shirt this year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, how a fan thick, thick and thin, brother. Go dogs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry now, to interrupt. Yeah. Your year. You can have your year. Well, hey, beat Bama on Saturday. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and by the time you're, anyone's listening to this, you'll already have known. And we'll see if... Uh, and the Georgia gets over the hump. They, if, they, yes. if you can't get over the hump this year, you, you, we're you not get, going to. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are so due. Whatever. But yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, even going back to like the old traditional ways, like the QVCs of the world, that's why they brought the owner on, the founders of the company to, it might've tried to shorten that length a little bit, but to tell the story. Yep. I mean, they're not just having a product on here, not telling you what it does or why you need it, or you have to, and going back to the beginning, you have to entertain, you have to educate. Yeah. All day long. But QVC had their whole funnel built into the 30 minute show. Right. You got on the show, you meet the first 30 minutes are we've got 200 of these to sell. So they set up scarcity immediately. Yeah. And then, you know, whoever's watching is watching here, meet the founder. Who's going to talk about it. You know, Jim, you know, I I put a lot of heart and soul into this soap. You know, we've got a goat farm and you know, they do all that and you see the story and they're like, we only got 200 bars to sell today, Jim. And, uh, but Oh, look now. So they they built the entire funnel right there. You got right. to know the brand. You got to understand it. But not every company is that way. And no. not every ad could carry that. Right. You don't, unless you're doing live selling, right. like we talked about. But, you know, it's like that was it's a it's its own like funnel that covers a lot of bases. You get 30 minutes of impression and not three seconds. Right. And I think <laughs> at the end of the day, we can talk about the new 2022 2022 yeah trends but at the end of the day it's the old is new again it's the same old human emotion connection storytelling brand building it might be different tactics it might be newer tactics but the principle stays the same i mean that's 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 the end of it for me is like we can be talking in 2032 52 those principles are always going to be the same yep 100% not every every product's going to be a viral tiktok product which everybody wants it to be but then would it be viral? And so, and it, you know, I, it, large brands can sustain underinvestment because of yep. the awareness they've built over time. Yep. If you're a small to medium brand, you have to overinvest in branding and awareness yep. 100%. to play the long game. Yeah. Yeah. You can throw sales up and you can do short term behaviors and those things, but that it doesn't last. Right. Short term doesn't last. Right. And so you've got to be ready to play the long game. Um, and do the fundamental things that have mattered. Because I think we had this little 
I don't know how long it was, this this universe from 2010 to 2018, 19, you had this moment in time where you could kind of play the digital marketing game mm-hmm. and short circuit some of that. Yep. But both before that and now, we're back to the past of right. you got to play the long game to, right. to kind of have sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And again, that's how it's always going to be. You'll yeah. never hear me say that. You yeah. should never not build your brand. And you're going to have these organic moments. Right. Like you're going to have these moments if you could be a first mover on TikTok. Yep. You know, and you could just get a skyrocket, you know. But like some of those first movers on Skyrocket, they skyrocket for eight months. Right. And then they fizzle. Yep. You know, it runs out. And maybe they made $2 million and they can, you know, they did well enough if they're just a small individual person. But, you know, a brand can ride a ro- rocket ship for six months, but that's not going to sustain you forever. Nope. Sure and trying not. to rekindle that moment in time is a fleeting exercise right yeah it one way or another you're gonna have to play the game of long-term branding Mm -hmm. always always it's the name of the game for sure cool man any final thoughts no i'm interested to see what 2022 brings yeah um i think that like i said i think the chaos is gonna i probably am wrong on that but i think it's gonna calm down a little bit but yeah i hope so i hope so i appreciate you absolutely i appreciate you Cool, guys. We really appreciate you listening today. You know where to find us. We're at theradcast.com. Learn about all of this. Search 2022 trends. You'll find all the content today. And hey, if you're looking for an incredible mastermind, I want you to go check out theradicalformula.com. Andy Murphy and I are going to be doing brain and brand engineering, a mastermind, weekly mastermind kicking off here the next few weeks. Go check that out. Get signed up for our email newsletter to learn more. We appreciate everyone. I'm Ryan Alford on all the platforms. We'll see you next time on the Radcast.